Season 1, Episode 52, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Acts 16.31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. So I try to tell you why I picked these verses to memorize. Acts 16.31, I really didn't didn't have it memorized, uh, and we're talking about 37 years ago. 37 and a half years ago, but uh, I was still in the Army Reserve. I'd finished my first semester at Bible College, and I'd asked uh, Barbara to marry me. She picked August. So that summer, I had to go out in the Reserve, Army Reserve, and I spent a month at Fort Lewis, Washington, and part of the time I trained or helped train ROTC cadets so um, I was staying in a BLQ with probably 40 different other guys. They'd taken an old World War II type barracks, but had divided it into rooms. Uh, we shared a bathroom, as they do in those old barracks. But uh, we each but each person had their individual room with a bed and a, and a wardrobe in it, and that was pretty much it. But it was pretty nice. We had somebody that came and made our bed. I remember. Uh, the maid that came to my house had lost somebody in when Mount St. Helens had exploded. Uh, I flew over that on the way to, to Fort Lewis, Washington, to, to the airport in Seattle, and that is something to behold. It looks like a snow-capped mountain missing the top of the snow cap, and you can see the de debris, and if I was oriented correctly, I think it blew to the, to the southeast. I could be 180 degrees wrong on that, but anyway, that's the way I remember it. It just looked like, for lack of a better way to say it, God had kicked off the top of a mountain. I mean, uh, from what I understand, we don't have the ability to make that much energy that was involved in the in the loss of Mount St. Helens, or at least the top of it. At any rate, um, when I was walking through the airport in Seattle, I saw a red business card on the ground and I just caught my attention I picked it up I was carrying a lot of stuff because you got to take a lot of uniforms when you go on these reserve duty you don't know what you're gonna have to do but anyway um, I was carrying my duffel bag with all my fatigues and stuff and and um, a suitcase to keep my class A's in anyway I was dragging this stuff I think this was before they invented suitcase with wheels but anyway, I was pulling it through the airport, but I stopped and I picked up this this business card, this red business card, and I turned it over and it said, Acts 16.31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I thought, well, I'm a, finished one semester in Bible college. I put that in my pocket. I went to the BOQ, Bachelor Officer's Quarters at Fort Lewis, Washington, and they... Uh, uh, all the most of the instructors there were ROTC instructors at different universities around the country, and this was part of their summer. You don't just get a summer off because your students have vacation, and they, and these ROTC students had uh, summer camps, part of their military training, firing weapons, etc., learning how to patrol, stuff like that. So. Anyway, I, I know, they all had business cards because they were ROTC instructors. 
And so the door had a place to put your business card. Well, I didn't have a business card. I was a, I'd finished one semester in Bible college. So I took this red business card that said, believe on Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I put it on, on my door. Well, you put 40 officers together. There's a few comedians and a bunch. And so my every day I would come home from, from work and I would find my card on somebody else's door. And I would I would take it off and I would put it back on my door. It didn't bother me. I mean, it's the Word of God. It doesn't come back void. So uh, I remember one time this officer came and uh, knocked on my door and said, ah, they're, they're, they still think it's funny to take your card and put it on somebody else's door. I said, well, I, I sure don't mind. So they're welcome to, to do that. But anyway, it, it burned Acts 16.31 in my brain. And it, it is the statement of the gospel of the grace of God. The Philippian jailer said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You can't get any simpler than that. And I'm all about simple. I repented of my dead works. I gave up trying to work my way to heaven and I just trusted Christ. Well, I can't talk about Acts 16.31 without talking about that. So, let's... um, Let's move on to Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 40. I think that if I know my math, that sounds like 29 verses. And what we're going to take a look at is the conversion of Lydia, uh, where she comes to the Lord. Uh, Paul and Silas uh, cast into prison. And then... uh, uh, Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 40, the Philippian jailer's salvation experience. Okay, so let's start with the conversion of Lydia. Acts 16, 11. Therefore, loosing, Paul and Silas are on there, and a band of merry men, to include Luke, the writer, which comes up because he's always talking about us here as he's writing this. <coughs> Excuse me. And Paul is, is not the writer or Silas. The book of Acts was, Acts was written by Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, the beloved physician. Therefore, loosing Troas, which is on the northwest corner of Asia Minor, the city of Troas, and also known as Turkey, and across the Aegean Sea you have Philippi. We went with straight course to Samothracia and next and the next day to Neapolis. So they, they crossed the Aegean Sea into Macedonia and they uh, and the chief city of Macedonia is Philippi. And from thence to Philippi. So basically Troas, a couple small towns and then Troas, and then Philippi, which was a, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia. They're in uh, Greece, if you will, and a colony. And we were in that city, abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by the river, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake with a woman which resorted thither. 
And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, the city of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Verse 15, chapter 16, verse 15, Acts chapter 15, 16, verse 15. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and abide there. And she constrained them, or convinced them, a hard lady to turn down, this seller of purple. And her household could be more than just her family. It could be servants. And and Paul was going to get a nice place to stay. Paul and Silas were going to get a nice place to stay outside of Philippi or in Philippi, whatever. And it came to pass as they walked everywhere they went. So nothing was too far. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed of a spirit of divination met us and brought her masters much gain by soothsaying, divination, soothsaying, telling the future. And this is legit. I remember when my dad read the New Testament uh, before I did. He only lived six months after I trusted the Lord. Well, he lived 14 months after I trusted the Lord, if I recall. Um, no, he lived 14 months after my brother was died, so he lived eight months after I was converted, or I put my faith in Christ. Anyway, the, and he read the New Testament. And he said, I can't believe how much of the devil is in the New Testament. And these were, I liken it this way. When, when Christ is doing miracles, God allows Satan to do miracles. Just to make the playing field level. But Jesus' miracles are much greater than Satan's. But this woman could uh, divine things like she divines Paul. The same followed Paul through the city of Philippi and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. That doesn't sound like a problem until you get to the next verse, verse 18. And this, she, this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the Spirit came out the same hour. And her masters saw that the hope of gains was gone. They caught Paul and Silas and drew him into the marketplace unto the rulers, from here on to be known as magistrates, and brought them to the magistrates, or maybe the rulers were below the magistrates. Anyway, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes, the Paul and Silas's clothes, and commanded their sergeants to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison in Philippi, charging the jailer, the Philippian jailer, to keep them safely, 
who having received such a charge from the important magistrates or their sergeants, whatever, uh, thrust them into the inner prison, the safest one, the one with the most doors between them and the outside. If you've ever been in a prison, they have... If you ever go visit a prison, which I've done as a pastor, as a minister, and you go through a lot of gates, never so many gates. You open one gate, you go a couple steps, you, you unlock another door. You go a couple steps, you unlock another door. It's the most amazing thing to get into the inner prison. Charging the jailer to keep them safely. And having received such a charge, the jailer thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. That, from what I understand, is like the worst thing you can do to a prisoner is, is to, to lock them into one position. And feet lock, locked in the stocks, I'm sure it wasn't very comfortable. It would get very old. If you can get bed sores, I'm sure you could get prison floor sores very quickly. Okay, now we've talked about uh, Lydia and how she came to the Lord. And we've talked about why Paul got, Silas got thrown into prison. Now let's see what happened uh, that night. Verse 25 through 40. Chap Acts chapter 16, verse 25 through 40. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Which I think is important, as you'll see in a minute. Verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundation of the prison were the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened. The doors were the foundation is shaken. It, the doors aren't square anymore. The door swings open because it doesn't lock like it's supposed to. And the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. The 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 chains, the 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 mortar that held the chains. Were, were cracked and open, and, uh, and the chains could have been loosed uh, supernaturally. Verse 27, And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep with this tremendous earthquake, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had been fled. I think... You know, seeing all the doors open, these guys were probably, you know, Roman prison uh, in fear for their life would have taken off. But, verse 28, Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. None of the prisoners had left. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Verse 29, Then the Philippian jailer called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Now how did Paul know that that uh, that the Philippians jailer's household, like Lydia's household, would come to the Lord. This all, these were men written down under the inspiration of God. These men were 
apostles. If there's if if Satan's doing divining, I guess Paul is as well, prophesying what's going to happen. And they spake. And Paul and Silas spake unto the Philippian jailer the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. Now the Philippian jailer probably, I guess, lived in the jail, and by this time. You know, everybody showed up to find out what's going on. And the Philippian jailer took Paul and Silas the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. They were beaten with many stripes. And yet they're singing praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And then didn't leave after they could have. Their stripes and were baptized, I think, with water. And like Jesus was in the... There's, where there's big cities, there's rivers. And he and all his straightway, all of his household straightway. This guy, if he's the jailer of Philippi, the Roman, he's probably a pretty well-paid guy and has a, a man of means. And when he had brought them into his house, so I, I, I guess his household came to him, and now he's going to his house, which I don't think was a very far trip. And he set meat before them, food before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. I know that when I trusted the Lord and drove away from Jack Weaver's house, I took my little yellow Volkswagen and I just slalom coursed. It was a Thursday night and back in the early late 60s, early 70s, they'd rolled up the sidewalks uh, back in the day. And there was nobody on the road. It was probably 11 o'clock on a Thursday school night. And and all those World War II guys were in bed. Excuse me. And the magist- and the keeper of the prison told this saying. Wait a minute. Okay. Believing in the Lord with all their house. Verse 34. And when he had brought them into his house and set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Fundamental, repent of your dead works and faith towards God. I think these guys had figured it out. What must I do to be saved? It's a gift. Believe in the God of John 3.16. And when he was and when it was day, so that night they were, I guess they were up talking, the magistrates, not knowing what had happened, Maybe this was a very isolated earthquake. I don't know. And when the day was, and when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeant saying, "Let those men go." Knowing that you know, the Romans don't really have any, you know, casting out of you know, soothsayers, whatever. It's just not in the Roman law. They hadn't done anything worth what had happened. But it's interesting what Paul does, Paul and Silas does. And the keeper of the prison, let me go back to verse 35. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeants saying, let those men go. Sent the sergeants to tell the Philippian jailer to let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this to Paul. The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. You got out of a Roman prison. That's pretty good. Paul, have a nice day. You know, don't mess with these guys. But Paul said unto them, the sergeants with, with the Philippian jailer, 
They have beaten, the magistrates have beaten us openly, uncondemned being Romans, and have cast us into prison, and now do they thrust us out privately? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates, and the magistrates feared when they heard that Paul and Silas were Romans. And the magistrates came and besought Paul and Silas and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city of Philippi. And Paul and Silas went out of the prison and entered into the house, back to Lydia's house. And when they had seen the brethren, the the recent converts or believers in Jesus Christ at Lydia's house, they comforted them because they were, I guess they'd heard about Paul and Silas being put in a Roman prison. And a lot of times you don't get out of a Roman prison. And comforted them and departed. And where does and Paul and Silas go to Thessalonica, where they spend thirty days, and after they leave, they write First Thessalonians. Paul writes First Thessalonians, and when Timothy takes that to Thessalonica, Timothy comes back and says, "All oh, these guys are all they've they've had some false teachers in there that said they missed the rapture, and uh, they're all messed up." So if you want to study about the rapture, go to First and Second Thessalonians because. Paul, that's the first Paul's first epistle. He was only with them 30 days. And uh, it's uh, he calls it the model church. And very interesting reading, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. All right, which I will put maybe, I'm not sure where I'm going to go. I'm doing my Bible memory verses. And when I run out of those, because I've got so many to I'm working on, I'm, I'm not going to add any for a while. I'm going to just go with, I'm thinking I'm going to go with the Gospels because, like I said, I'm doing this for the the rapture could happen tonight and and uh, maybe this could be found by believers that have no teachers or unbelievers that have no teachers that want to be believers or, or, or maybe they just trust the Lord because somebody witnessed to them before and they go, like some of you, if you don't trust in the Lord and you're listening to this and the rapture comes and you hear, wow, this weird thing happened, you know, a billion people aren't on the earth anymore or however many believers there are in Jesus Christ. The narrow way is Jesus Christ, faith in Christ alone, repenting of your dead works and faith towards God. That's the narrow way and few that be that find it. But however many people are raptured out of here, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be one of them, uh, then you could... Uh, I just think, I think the Gospels, mostly what Jesus said, was to uh, prophecy for uh, the 144,000. Because if the rapture happened tonight, or whenever it does happen, there's no more scripture that's going to be written for them. We've got all they're going to get. Now, after the millennium starts, you know, Christ rules and reigns, maybe they're going to start some new books of the Bible. I don't know. But uh, one day we'll be able to talk to the writers and the author himself face to face. And I look forward to that. I'm looking forward to God showing me his salvation. And his salvation is my salvation. It's the last uh, phrase of, of Psalms 91. And show them his salvation. These are people that are believers in Jesus Christ. And he's going to... Uh, 
satisfy them with many days and show them his salvation. In Psalm 91, very favorite psalm of mine. Okay, I'm going to say adios, which means to God. And I'm going to say via con Dios, which means go with God.